You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome back to the Oz Network for another interesting episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, I don't know much. I don't have much to say just because it's a little hard for me to commentate on this episode, but I'm sure I'll try anyway. <laughs> much like a lot of the shares we got, I'll try anyway. As always, I'm Rossi and. This podcast will also sound like an insane asylum. <laughs> and I'm Kyle, and I actually invented reinvention. Did yeah. you? Yeah, fun fact for you. Uh, it was me. So you did it, and then Cher stole it from you. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. Um, perhaps Cher did it better. <laughs> yeah, and Brittany tried to copy that, too, so. <laughs> yes. Uh, considering this episode's all about Cher, I figured we'd talk starting about Cher. Do you know anything about her? Uh, I mean, I know some things about her. I know some of her music. Uh, Cher is not someone that I have, like, closely followed her career. But, yeah, like, I recognize the looks that they were meant to be doing on uh, in this episode. So, right. yeah. I don't know. I'm aware of Cher. I... Would not say that I'm a fan, per se. Okay. Well, I'm going to be turning to you a lot when it comes <laughs> to referencing Cher, because I know next to nothing. Okay. My extent is, I know the Sunny and Cher show, uh-huh. and then I know Believe, only because they played it as one of the lip-sync songs on Drag Race earlier. Right, right, okay. And the iconic line of, do you believe in life after love, being such an impo- like a huge line of Cher's career. Yeah. But other than that. Not much. Okay. So, you will be the expert. We'll see how we go. It's definitely like a niche episode here. Because if you don't know the one thing that the episode is based around, then you're very much in the dark. Yes, and as some of them found out this episode, that they needed to know more about Cher. Which I thought was weird that they did this following Snatch Game. Is that not a bad timing? Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, impersonating whichever celebrity, and then we're all going to impersonate just the one celebrity. Yeah, it does seem curious that they would put them back to back. They didn't want to, like, spread it out more. And then I'm also curious what other eliminated queens would have gotten to perform if they were still around. Yeah, do we think, like, are these shares that they uh, assigned, were they, like, assigned preseason where they were going to be portraying that well, like from what Asia says with who she gets, she's not happy having to portray that version of Cher. Yeah, but I feel like it's similar to um, in All-Stars 3 with the Divas performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like they knew yeah. that beforehand because there's no way that Thorgy could whip up uh, Stevie Nicks in like a minute. Like, Yeah, right? They have to have had these costumes prepared. So are there 14 different shares that we should <laughs> be looking out for? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> is she that diversive? Diverse? I, I don't know. I guess like she's she's the reinventor. I guess fourteen is impressive. I remember there was a there was an event at one of the gay clubs here a while ago that was Cher themed, and I don't know it was for one of her birthdays. Maybe I should have attended. <laughs> and I would have got a glimpse of all the the possible shares that you can represent. Did you just say one of her birthdays? One of her birthdays. <laughs> like, like she has multiple in a year? Or? I don't know. I, like, I don't know how old she is. Um, <laughs> but, you know, 
on a notable birthday, I suppose. 60? I don't know. Is that how old she is? Um, I don't know. Maybe we can <laughs> randomly bring share facts into this as we keep going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Clearly, um, everyone's tuned into the best two people to be talking about an entirely share episode. Yeah. Uh, she is 71, according to Wikipedia. Okay. All right. Well, it could have been any of those birthdays up until 71 that was celebrated at the gay club here in Perth. Okay. Good. Well, <laughs> stay tuned. We'll have more share facts to come. Because <laughs> we learned nothing from this episode about share except... A lot of hair flips and talk like you're chewing marbles. But anyway, let's get yeah. to the episode. <laughs> Enough about Cher. We have a lot more Cher to talk about, so let's get let's get on. Yes. Um, so the fallback from last episode was that the Vixen is still going to keep going strong, keep fighting, keep pushing forward. Which we really didn't get this episode, but obviously it's still... You know, Asia's kind of come in later and swoop and save the Vixen's attitude from going nuclear. But yeah. no new surprise. Like the, the parting words, wasn't it? Like, Asia could step in to be like, all right, Vixen, this is what we need to talk about before you leave the show. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think anyone else would have done it, though, so. No, I don't think so. It's definitely Mother Asia. Yes, again, this protective figure coming in to swoop and save the day. Yeah. And then we also get people complaining that Aquarius shouldn't have won, which, I mean, from our view, is kind of BS, because I thought Aquarius should have won, but they weren't having it. Yeah, Aquarius definitely won that one. Um, Manet thinks that her Snatch Game was better. I, d I don't think it was. It was and good. So it was good, yeah, definitely. Um, but also on the runway, Aquarius was the best it was a fair win and i have to say like this first beginning part perfectly ended with the monet standing beside the rupaul portrait <laughs> and then they're like it looks like a different species and it's just <laughs> they sitting... monet got a lot of shade thrown at her this episode <laughs> yeah yeah which would follow up later by the the makeup comment from yes. asia yeah I think Monet is a fun target because she just bounces back so, uh, like, so humorously when you take a dig at her. Like, she she definitely handles it well. Yeah, she definitely is very understanding, and I think she takes, I think she gives it and takes it just pretty well, yeah. so. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then she also comes in the next day with a sponge. We're back with the sponges. <laughs> I was so happy to see the return. Uh, it, it should have been consistent, though. I don't, maybe it's there. Maybe it's like an Easter egg, and we need to look back to find where the sponge is hidden in each episode. It's not as in-your-face as the Vanjie references. Which comes back again. Yeah, and I thought it was done terribly when Vixen used that as part of the mini-challenge. Like, it was yeah. quite, you know, not so creative to just, like, use that, I think. Yeah, it didn't seem very fitting for the theme. No. We also get in the beginning part a confessional from Cameron Michaels. Like, who is this? <laughs> At this point, I was like, uh-oh, bye, Cameron. Yeah, I thought it was Blair Sinclair all over again. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was the same thing because it was Cameron was like, I feel really comfortable with where I am now or, so, or something to that effect. Yeah. Which was literally identical yep. to Blair being like, I'm so safe right now. Nothing can break <laughs> it or whatever. It was like, oh, yeah. Cameron. It was the confessional that says, I'm going to have a storyline this episode. I was thinking to myself, I was like, we're getting a lot of Cameron this episode. She either is the winner of the challenge or goes home. Yeah. There's there's no middle yeah. ground at this point. Yeah, definitely. And I was hating the thought that she might go home because that would mean that the Vixen didn't go home. And then also going home with, like, the least confessionals, like, no airtime as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure she had more confessionals this episode than the whole season up to date. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm not that I have a tally going, but, like, it was clear. <laughs> it was more than one. Yes, exactly. And Asia also wants to arm wrestle the Vixen? Or not the Vixen. Um, Cameron? Yeah, which is cut short. Um, who would have won that arm wrestle? I would... I was going to say... I'm going to say Asia? Asia does seem strong, yeah. Like, Cameron has a lot of muscle... Um, but it's a lot of like for show muscle, whereas Asia, I think is, you know, like strong, but doesn't necessarily have the, um, defined muscles that Cameron has. So it could have been, could have been an interesting competition. Well, the reason there's I still say, time. Oh. there's still time. So maybe next week we'll see <laughs> the, the rematch where they actually follow through. The reason that I say Asia would have won is just because when people, when you talk about arm wrestling, it's not actually based on like pure strength. Like, they say that arm wrestling is, like, not a good test of how strong you are. Because it doesn't actually right. work any muscles. So, mm. that's the reason I jumped to Asia. Just because I'm sure Cameron is probably the strongest there. But, yeah, I think it's it's not a challenge for Cameron. Yeah. Um, we'll never know. Yes, we will never. Unless they do it next week. <laughs> yes. Um, just before we jump right into the mini challenge, uh, did you know that Share has a charitable foundation that supports international projects such as the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund, Operation Helmet, that's, and the Children's Craniofacial Association? <laughs> that's amazing. That is that is a good fact to know. For pub trivia next, you'll have yes. this on the back. Everything you just said has definitely registered in my brain and will not be forgotten. We'll get a quiz at the end of the episode, so keep on your toes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> we'll test Ryan when he comes back. Yes. <laughs> yeah, fittingly, I think Brian couldn't handle another episode having to talk about the Vixen, so he'll be relieved when he gets around to watching this one to know that he will never have to speak her name once again. Until the end, the finale. Yeah, true, true. Just and far away. Yeah. So we get our mini challenge, which is like, what, is this our continuous mini challenges in a row? We've not missed one, I believe. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Yeah. And this is another fun one. It's like, it's so weird. It's one of those moments where you're like, what am I watching? <laughs> um. No worse than sitting on fax machines from earlier in the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is probably fun for them as well. Like, it's kind of like... Uh, it's not like it's not really like the reading challenge, but 
in a similar way, you get to say something to Rue that you wouldn't normally, and it's all just in the name of fun. Yeah, and and I like that Rue kind of gets more into this one. Yeah. I like the ones where Rue's involved, because, like, the reading challenge is fun, but then Rue just stands there and laughs, and you're like, okay, that's supposed to be funny, because Rue laughed. And then, yeah, yeah. But this one, it's like, oh, I like that, because Rue was really good in that um, chocolate bar selling one earlier in the season. Yes. And so I was like, oh, good to see Rue getting back into the challenges this season. Who was your favorite from the slap out of it challenge? <sighs> trying to remember all of them. I liked, um, I thought Cameron's was actually pretty funny. Yeah. Like about the grandmother. And I, I really did love, um, <laughs> like Lady Bunny's drag race. Like, yeah, yeah. What about you? Yeah, I liked, I liked, I liked Cameron as well. I liked how she was cut off. Like when Rue just like <laughs> swooped in. <laughs> like, like, wouldn't they call you grandma slap? Like, ooh, nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, that was good. It's well delivered by both parties. Yeah, the Vanjie was weird. I didn't think that fit, but also, yeah, I thought it was funny. Like, ah, uh, Vanjie again. But then I was like, why would you get slapped for that? The Rue loves that. Yeah, yeah, and it it kind of felt awkward then. She just like said Vanjie, and then Rue is looking at Vixen as if to be like, oh, is that it? <laughs> like, how, how do I play off of that to now convincingly slap you? I thought the Vixen did sell it though by like collapsing on the ground. Yeah. That, that was a good response, I felt like. And I also... I did, I did like Asia as well. Like, Asia went yeah. in there just, like, real aggressive. And Rue went aggressive right back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. She asked for it. I loved when Asia was like, it's going to be Asia O'Hara's drag race now. Yes. <laughs> at this point, I was like, okay, Asia has to win by default. I don't care who's got a better line. Like, there's no way Rue's going to let Asia lose this challenge. Yeah, totally. And she doesn't get any say in the main challenge again. Yeah. Yeah, and as she tells us later, like, the the version of Cher that she gets is not what she wanted to portray. So no advantage for winning the mini challenge. Yeah, she went to Ghost Island and did not win the game. <laughs> yes, no game for you. What would have been your um, sassy line to get Rue to slap you? Did you did you think of one when you were My, watching? I, I didn't. No, I didn't think of one. Have you got one prepared? Well, I was trying to think of something, and I was like, just say something really mean about one of Rue's icons. Like, say something about Shaka Khan or, or Madonna or something, and Rue would just slap you. I, I didn't have one prepared, but I was like, say something mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, Judge, what's it? Judge Judy is the worst. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, something, yeah, yeah, that would get to Rue. Terrible TV show. How dare you! And then Bianca would have to come in and do another slap. Yeah. Yeah. So we, Asia wins, and we get our main challenge, which is a tribute to share the unauthorized musical, or rusical, I guess. Yeah. And then it's live singing, something we haven't seen since season six, I want to say. Yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like this doesn't come up too often where they get them to sing live. It's you just don't know, like, because most of the time they're lip syncing if they are doing a performance like this, and so we have no idea who can actually sing in the group. 
Yes, and and there was what worked really well in um, season six when they did this is that we had both Adore and Courtney who were both you know idol contestants, so we knew yeah. they could sing, so they could be like people who really lead their team. This time, everyone was like, "Oh, I've never sung before." <laughs> I know, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a disaster." I was like, "Why?" I feel like this is a thing you should like. Like, see through on the people who, like, apply and be like, can you sing? I know they don't want to give it away, but, like. Yeah, and this is, uh, well, Rue makes a point of it saying that people often um, compartmentalize their abilities going into the competition. And they say, like, this is my strength. This challenge is this, which means I won't be good at this challenge instead of incorporating their strength however they can into whatever the challenge is. Yeah. Well, I also feel like this is, like, not the easiest thing to do anyway, because it's like, all right, you got to sing, but sing as someone who's an iconic singer in the world as well? Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe you can sing, but not necessarily sing like Cher. Or, yeah, I don't know. And, like, also, like, like dressing to look like Cher is not something that everyone is built for. So like for some people, this is more challenging than for others. Yeah. Trying to get Eureka to look more like Cher is hard. (laughs) I actually, I loved her. It's like, I think she got the best version of Cher and I love the way that she delivered it as well. Like I thought it was quite comical to see like the rock star Cher, but in the bigger bodysuit. Speaking of Cher, she reached a new commercial peak in 1998 with the album Believe, whose title track became the biggest single-selling of all-time female artists in the UK. That's amazing. Keep. Are you jotting the notes down for the quiz? <laughs> of course, of course, everything. Okay. I mean, it's all jotted down in my, in my mind. Okay, good. Um... Yeah, so this challenge was a bit of a mess, but I did... Did you enjoy the challenge itself? Like... Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I don't know. I think it could have been better. Uh, some... Yeah, like some people I think did well, and others I think it was a bit of a miss, and I think for those I was like, oh, I wish they weren't sort of like forced into such a... Uh, you know, like a tight box here where it's it's hard to sort of like, you know, break out and do something of your own because you have to be portraying this specific, specific thing. Yeah, but don't so compartmentalize. That, that, I don't know. I yeah, just thought it was... could have been better. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know how. It just could have been. <laughs> um... I, I love that we get a lot of, you know, people practicing this whole, like, beginning sea where everyone's <laughs> trying to practice in, like, Ms. Cracker's like, it's an insane asylum in here. Everyone's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. It was perfect. But it was also was such a mess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I imagine that that's what the, the show's birthday party would have looked like as well. You sure? All right. Now, you got to let us know what hap- next time it happens when her 80th comes around. Yes, of course. <laughs> we'll have to go there. We'll podcast live for oh, the show's 80th birthday. Get on on the scene interviews and everything. 
Maybe Cher will show up. Yes, yes. I assume so. I'm sure she'll be free. Uh, I thought that this was an interesting challenge itself because uh, since we knew that not many people were going to be confident in how they could sing, we really had no idea who could have won this challenge. Like, it was so up in the air. Yeah, I was hopeful for Cameron. When we see them go to their uh, choreography lesson with Todrick, like, we get shown that, you know, like, Cameron's not doing too well, and it's like, ooh, will you be able to do this? You need to get it right. But often we see that when they're about to nail it, when it actually comes around to doing the performance. So seeing that, I was like, okay, I'm hoping for the contrast when we actually get on the main stage. But then there's also times where I feel like that's not a true, because um, <laughs> I'm just remembering last in All-Stars 3, you know, for the Divas, Kennedy really struggled with the choreography and then was also yeah. in the bottom two, so I feel like it's a hit or yeah. miss sometimes. Yeah. And we also yeah. get... Oh, go ahead. I was just looking at, like, who, who else? Um, like, Asia, I think, looks a lot like Todrick Hall. So I when we had that. the scene, I thought this, like, pre-season, and when seeing them both, like, on camera at the same time, I was like, mm, yeah, yeah, they are pretty similar. I'm looking this up as we speak. <laughs> okay, I want Asia out of drag, not in drag. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I see it. I see it. It's interesting. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch this episode just to see that. Yeah, I guess I was looking for it because I'd already made the association early on. Twin twist next season or something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I also thought in just kind of quickly touching back on the uh, beginning stuff before the actual challenge, Rue comes in doing all the walkthroughs that we normally get. Mm -hmm. And Rue definitely calls out all this, you know, Vixen, Aquaria, not Aquaria, Eureka. Ah! (laughs) Eureka, Vixen conflict to the front and actually like kind of addresses both of them about it. And I thought it was quite interesting to see that. Yeah, I felt like Rue's response to it was, like, to Eureka. I feel like Rue, like Rue's not taking a side here, but I think when Eureka expresses herself, Rue's kind of like, hmm, yep, that's fair, I understand your point of view, and, you know, it's kind of, like, like validated, I suppose, for Eureka. Um, whereas Vixen, I feel like, doesn't get the same reaction from Rue. I feel Rue's a bit more like, all right, <laughs> well, you're not very open to... Uh, to changing or resolving this. The one thing that I say, like, we hear on every season is, you know, talking about the fight with yourself or your inner saboteur or that comes up nearly every season. And we got it again this season. Yeah. I'm just like, can we find a new phrase or a new saying, like something new, mm-hmm. please? Yeah. And what did you think of um, Aquarius singing at the very beginning of this, kind of in the workroom? Were you ready to sell Aquarius a winner? Um, uh, like, I feel like the reaction was as if it was worse than what it was. But I think, like, the other queen's reaction was more about how confident Aquarius seemed in what was not great. If that makes sense. Yeah. 
because like it's not like the rest of them were you know have supreme singing voices and then we're saying like you know like oh aquaria is you know far worse than the rest of us like you know she she's fine and then it was also at some point in here i think bonet was the one who was like the vixen or someone else just sounds like Medea, and i was like oh my god do perfect Basically, anytime someone tried to do an impression, somebody else called it out as sounding like something entirely different. Yeah. It was the like um, comparison central here. Everyone was like, oh, you sound yeah. like this and this and this and like <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. You sound like everything except the thing you're trying to sound like. Yeah. Did you think that in the practice, um, when Todrick was doing it, that it was like, why couldn't this just have been Alyssa Edwards again? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I'm over Todrick. I think Todrick is a, a staple now. He will always be in at least one episode a season. But he, like, I was like, he has no ability to relate to people. Because every season he's like, um, okay, this is going to be a big deal, so you better be able to do it, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's his style, isn't it? It's very much like you need to work. <laughs> like, don't give me that subpar. It's like this is going to be great if you can do it right. Otherwise, it's going to be a complete failure. It's like, um, mm. uh, understand? Like, Alyssa Edwards is very like, hey, do this, just try bigger, or this or that or that, and just like not negative like Todrick's been. Yeah, Todrick comes across a bit more intimidating. Like, like get it right or go home kind of attitude. <laughs> Which is... That's a great attitude, I guess. I don't know, it's different <laughs> than what we got. But Speaking of Todrick, did you know that Cher's music played a large role in the American TV series The X-Files episode The Postmodern Prometheus, which aired in November of 1997? That's that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, well, I mean, when I when I saw Todrick on screen, I was uh, taken back to the X Files, and, and I wasn't sure of how that link was made. And you've just explained that very nicely. Um, I'm glad I could help. <laughs> um, you know, a few episodes ago, we talked about how Monique got the storyline of, "Oh, I'm poor. I don't have the money for." Clothes and stuff, yeah. and then this episode we get the storyline of Aquaria. Like, oh, I think I should be more social with other people. Mm-hmm. And she moves her makeup gear to the mirror. Is this going to be a bigger deal next episode? Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. What's that setting it up for? Well, there's space now, like where the vixen used to be. That was conflict corner. So slide on in there. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I didn't even think this was a storyline, but then again, like Monique, there's just another storyline coming in. Hmm. Yeah, know. it's like, I guess they all have their places that they pick themselves at the start. I don't know. Like, why Why was she so far away from everyone to begin with? <laughs> because she's antisocial, I guess, from what she said. Like everyone, yeah, everyone else seems like crammed by the mirror. She's just, like, got her own spot on, like, the wheelie workstation. Yeah, she's off in the corner, like, 
Mm. I don't know. I think it's something we should stay tuned for because it may come back. Who knows? Yeah. Or it's just a one-off thing and we're wasting our time talking about it now. But <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Uh, we also get another storyline about people being poor. Ms. Cracker talks about her childhood. and Yeah. Empty lunchboxes and unmarked shiner cans. Yes. Uh, we got mention of this earlier in the season about, you know, Miss Cracker not knowing pop culture, but I didn't quite know. I thought it was nice to get something that was not Vixen drama related for Mirror Talk. Mm, yep. Although it's a sad story, yeah. but like, it was not the Vixen for the first time in weeks. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I, I enjoyed hearing your story. Noted. And then obviously we get the biggest part of this whole thing probably being Asia trying to talk to the Vixen and calm her all down. I thought it was... I thought Asia handled it very well. I thought it was kind of thing. I think um, the Vixen was also very understanding and very kind of seemed willing to uh, take the advice and take the... Um, at least yeah. listen to her instead of just like dismiss it. Whether or not it's yes. acted upon... Is another story, but yeah, Asia is very well articulated throughout this whole thing, and like the way that she articulates it to camera in the confessionals is great. Um, like for us as an audience to be understanding, like where, like what she's trying to, what kind of breakthrough she's trying to have with the vixen, and and like how she's understanding where the vixen comes from, but then when she's talking directly to the vixen. Um, it's also done in a way that enables the vixen to listen. Whereas like, I mean, that's quite hard because the vixen is often ready to fight back and defend herself. So Asia does a very good job in being able to crack through that. I think, yeah, I think Asia is someone who can really relate to the vixen, probably the most out of anyone left in the yeah. competition, I would say. And I think that, that it worked. It was a really nice scene. And obviously it kind of relates a little bit because they're going to be the bottom two this week. Which yeah, has totally. a little bit of salt to the wound. At least my Winnipeg did what Brian's Winnipeg couldn't do. Know the words? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's all it takes. That's all you <laughs> needed to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like, really, Nani, take notes. This is what should have happened last week, but... Yeah. So I know we talked briefly on the challenge, but like, let's actually get into the actual challenge itself. I thought it was fine. I didn't really understand why they were doing these like weird tweets at the very beginning. Like that made no sense to me, unless you have insider knowledge as the share aficionado of the panel. What, what, uh, the, what were they doing? Tweets at the beginning. Like they had the tweets where like share was just tweeting about, oh, uh, Ka right. Kathy yeah, Griffin said yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, Cher is quite uh, notable on Twitter. Um, she definitely speaks her mind, and she's had some gold tweets that she's put out there. So, yeah, I think she's become quite an icon. Were all those uh, tweets fake, her. I'm assuming, the ones that we saw? <laughs> I, I actually have no idea. <laughs> I think I might actually follow Cher, but I, I, I never use Twitter. So, um, I, so I haven't really seen what she puts out, but... I followed her because I had heard that she was so entertaining on Twitter. But I can't I can't remember what the actual tweets were that they showed on the show. Did you know that Cher starred in the movie Tea with Mussolini, which aired in 1999? Oh, surely everyone must know that. 
<laughs> everyone, everyone who's listening already knew that, and I'm sorry to, to bore you all with that, but <laughs> apologize. I thought it was important, but I guess not. Thank you for sharing. As the challenge was going, I was like, Cameron's fine. Like, I didn't think anything special about the performance, especially because when Monet came out, I was like, oh, she did well because the judges were laughing at mm-hmm. Monet. So I was like, oh, Monet's the, like doing the best so far. And then I was like, oh, some people were going through, they weren't getting laughs, and then some people were getting laughs, and I was like, I didn't know what to consider a good performance in this challenge. Did, did you have a better sense of it, or, or was it, like, what? Um, yeah, like, when Cameron came out, I was like, she is doing great. She looks like Cher, like, I could tell that that's who she's portraying. The voice was on point um, in, like, this, like, the singing ability, as well as the like the sheer nuances to the voice um, were really good. So I was like, yeah, she has definitely turned it out and did what she needed to do. Maybe everyone's going to do the same. Um, not the case. Monet, I thought, was awesome, and it was more comical. Um, but, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be harder for the black queens to portray, like, sure, who is white, right? Well, like, they- you're not going to... Like, <laughs> like, it's still very entertaining, but, like, to be able to like perfectly resemble Cher, like, you know, it may take a moment to recognize and you're looking at the clothing and the outfit um, more than like just the face. Whereas like for Cameron, like I thought her face looked like Cher, uh, which was incredible. I did think it was like, sorry. Yeah. I think it was weird that Cameron didn't cover up the tattoos and they were all exposed. I thought that was a bit of a detractor from Cameron. In the same way that, like, Monet is not going to look like Cher the way Cameron was, but then Cameron kind of had that detractor of not, I don't know how many tattoos, or if Cher has tattoos, probably, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) We'd we'd have to find that out for the quiz later. Um, Yeah, Vixen I thought was average and didn't really perform like Cher. It was, you know, like the the look was right, like with the hair and that, but but just the performance, it didn't feel like I was watching someone trying to portray Cher. Did you recognize? Aquaria, I had no idea who that was when she came out. Did you recognize the look that the vixen had on? Uh, no, no. That's that's not a Cher that I'm familiar with. Um, but Cher's first tattoo was etched on her butt. The 67-year-old star got a first body art, um, a butterfly and flowers needled onto her derriere, as this article is putting it. Okay. Uh, well, I think um, I'm yet to get my first tattoo, so maybe uh, maybe that's what I'll do. <laughs> you'll win the Cher challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're going to do Cher, you have to do it right. <laughs> <laughs> all right let me know how it goes <laughs> all right and then i'll go for the uh the rockstar show like like aquarius that that great leather look was what well, i'm a little lost as well so then the vixen and monet were going to be the same time frame of share just different points like what uh yeah, yeah, same, I mean, same decade, but different, 
like iconic performances or like looks that she's had in different performances. Okay. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, the seventies was, was, you know, was a 10 year period. So I guess she had a few looks in that time. And then Aquarius was disco, which isn't that the seventies or am I, I don't know that. Uh, uh, disco show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah, like, like disco is seventies. So <laughs> I guess they just didn't want to say like, it's another seventies look. Okay. Yeah, Aquaria. I could not recognize her when she came out. I was like, I don't know who I'm looking at. In a good way, or in a just a really confused way. Like, I generally was trying to think: Have they snuck somebody else in who's not part of this competition? <laughs> okay, Vanjie's back. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's it. Or maybe Miss Cracker and. Aquarius switched roles and we didn't realize. Mm. Yeah. Um, Asia. Oh, I was so worried watching her. I was like, this is not good. She needs to land in the bottom for this performance. It was, once again, kind of like the Vixen. The performance didn't really say share. And the, like, she forgot her words, which is bad. But then she made a joke about it, which is good. Because, you know, that's what you do as a performer. You keep going, and if you stumble, you you make up for it. You know, so she kind of did that, but still, she messed up where nobody else seemed to. Did you catch that she just stopped singing the words at a point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where she's just, like, silent, and it's, like, and awkward. I was like, oh, all right, bottom two. Yeah, that's like the one time I was like, okay, I know definitively that Asia's probably going to be in the bottom because that was bad. Yeah, and you know, like with a bad performance last week, and then managing to not fall in the bottom two, having a slip up like that this week, it's like, oh nope, 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 nope. You got a pass last week, not this time. Yeah, and I was just praying that she could lip sync. And then throughout the entire um, episode, the reason why I was really confused about who was going to do well and who wasn't, and like I couldn't be like, okay, that person did well or that didn't, like the only time, like, was because Rue had that uncomfortable, like, awkward half smile that Rue has when things aren't going great. Yeah. And I was like, that was the entire time. Like, I was yeah. like, <laughs> Rue did not, like, seem interested at all throughout the entire performance. And I was like, how am I supposed to know how to feel about this unless you tell me? Yeah. Yeah. That's what, and it happened a lot during Cameron's performance. So I was like, oh, Cameron didn't do well because all it's been is that weird smile, that awkward half smile when something's really bad. Yeah, I wonder if she's just watching it thinking like, well, sure, appreciate this. <laughs> Maybe this was a bad idea. I'm sure Chad Michaels was mad. Yeah. Why couldn't this have been my season? Yeah, well, I mean, if anyone was going to, like, sneak in and be part of this performance without us knowing, that's who we would have had, right? Or share. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would have been amazing. She comes out at the very end. Yeah, that's not Miss Cracker. That was Cher. Yes. <laughs> and I guess to round out the final performance, we have Miss Cracker doing the modern share. With all the, you know, the, um, what's the word, the auto-tune of it all. Which I thought was probably, like, 
up there. It probably would be like my third favorite performance of the night. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I don't know, like the gag in it. Like I could see that it was a difficult one for her to deliver. Um, she did it well. Like she did what she was meant to do, like for the performance. But I don't know, maybe just like her segment wasn't my favorite. Um, might have like skipped over Eureka, but I'll just say oh. like with Eureka, pretty much what the <laughs> what the judges said as well. Like at at the start, I was like, oh, she seems nervous, but then she got into a comfortable performer mentality, and then she was just like, you know, cracking gags and laughing with the judges, and she was there in it with them. So by the end of it, I was like, yeah, she's done fine, and the bodysuit was great. Like that, that's probably been my favorite of Eureka's. Just that look. It was it was funny. Um, the idea of her wearing like the like the g-string leather suit whilst in the bodysuit, I thought that was very good. Eureka loves her nude bodysuit <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, usually I hate them, but this one I actually like. Making passes for Eureka. Um, I just thought that this should have been better. I was just hoping for more. Maybe I had too high expectations for this share thing, but mm. I hope for more. I don't know if it's because we didn't get a lot of good performances. Like, I would say, like, in the judging, it was so obvious. Everyone got negative critiques except Cameron. Yeah. So it's like... How do I judge? Like, that even made it harder for me. I was like, what is this episode? I know. And again, it's just like, it's such a specific thing to, to do. You know, like, at least with, like, divas, when they're all trying to portray someone else. But in this one, you're like, you're all trying to portray the same person. And not everyone can <laughs> act as that one celebrity. Yeah, it's, I was just... I I did I definitely think that Rue's gonna steer away from these now after this episode. <laughs> yeah, well I don't know. Uh, the the 1998 song "Believe" has an electronic vocal effect proposed by Cher, and was the first commercial recording to feature auto tune. Yes, and the melody in that song was actually uh, like a fluke, a result of the um, like the vocoder being on her voice. Like the melody was meant to hold the note believe, but the vocoder sort of went between two notes for believe, and they kept it, and that became the hook. Well, I just got showed up by Faxi. I know you're the expert. <laughs> and you say you're not a Cher fan. Yeah, that's that's my one anecdote for, <laughs> for Cher. What were your thoughts on Glitterific? I liked it. I thought uh, a lot of people looked very nice in this runway theme. Standouts being? Cameron. I Like, I realize how often I say Cameron is, like, someone that I love on the runway. And once again, like, I just thought she looked stunning. I loved the rose gold. I don't know. I just think she's really pretty. What were your thoughts on Aquaria's very themed Met Gala look? Uh, rhinestone eyes, uh, eyes were very cool. Um, and Halo, like the Hail Mary thing. Yeah, I thought, like, she looked gorgeous as well. My one, uh, comment on Cameron, I know I jumped to Aquaria, but mm -hmm. 
in season in All Stars three, we got Ross made the comment to Dela that one episode where it was like, when you're not at a hundred, or when you're when you perform at a hundred and ten and you give us a hundred, we're like, uh, a hundred, great. But that's yeah. how I kind of felt with Cameron this episode in terms of the runway. It was like, yeah. where is like that the feather look and the. Mm the space looks that we had earlier this season. I was like, that's incredible. And this was, I was like, oh, it's pretty. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of let down from Cameron. I suppose. I wanted more. Yeah. Especially considering some of the other people, like Aquaria and Ms. Cracker, went like above, kind of, or not Aquaria, but Ms. Cracker went above what I was expecting. Yeah. So I wanted more from Cameron, because I know Cameron can do a lot. The skull yeah. kind of look, yeah, that was like that was creative and um, yeah, had like a shock appeal when she appeared. So yeah, that, that did stand out. And Eureka's was again, I thought she looked stunning um, in her gown. She had her big hair back up, her loaf, yes, <laughs> her cranberry loaf. I think she called it this episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, since it's a very vixen theme episode, what were your thoughts on the paper look? Uh, I actually didn't mind it for Vixen's looks. Like, this was one that I would prefer that I've seen from the Vixen. I actually really liked it. And then the yeah. more I thought about it, I was like, but why? Like, it's, but, but why do I care? It's paper. That was yeah, my only yeah. thing. I was like, it looks great. But then I was like, but then it's paper. I don't know yeah. if I should reward that or should I, I should take away from that. <laughs> I don't know. It looked finished. So for that, I give points to Vixen. And she can take pride in knowing that she did not look the worst as we, because that probably would go to Monet. At least I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. It, was, it wasn't great for Monet. That that one looked a bit, like, incomplete. Um, you know, as she was talking about, you know, like, body confidence and whatnot going out there, but, it, you know, that it does take away from the illusion that you know, that we want to see from drag queens. Apparently, from what I saw on her Instagram, she left her original glitterific outfit at her home. Right. So that was a last-minute effort. Feel free to look at Monet Exchange Instagram to see the full original outfit. I would say it's definitely better. Not amazing, but better. Yeah. Oh, and then... This is another thing I want to talk on. Um, last person we didn't get to touch on was Asia's clown look. Yeah. And I have another interesting drag race trivia fact for you. Okay. Since season seven, the winner has dressed like a clown every season, not counting all stars. Yeah. Yeah, true. Can Asia win now? She's, she dressed as the clown. <laughs> yeah. I'm realizing with with Asia when she came out in this look that she she does these left field looks on the runway where it's like she can look very glamorous but like sometimes she just comes in out in a complete contrast to glamour. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, the clown, uh, yeah. I don't know. Like this, this for me was fine, but it wasn't like I wasn't I wasn't amazed by the clown look, and maybe because we've seen her do something quirky like this before that I 
has maybe been better or has been a similar similar idea. Yeah, I think she's she's on a low after her um her hat's incredible look, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a real peak Asia outfit and then unfortunately this doesn't live up to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Again, like we're expecting more from her at this point. Mm-hmm. And during the critiques, I feel like there's a lot of interesting things that maybe we didn't catch on the first time about, you know, Monet showing the tape and stuff and Asia not wearing glitter shoes. And, mm-hmm. but honestly, for me, that the whole like best moment was Eureka talking about other things she has to worry about. And she's like, cholesterol. <laughs> Just like, that's so perfect. And that's why I love Eureka so much. And Vixen is just not <laughs> loving She's it. She's done. <laughs> she cracks the joke, the judges love it, and Vixen hates it. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. I have I have down my notes, I don't like remember this exactly, but I have down the like Rue bagging out the Vixen, and I think this is when they're backstage and the judges are just talking yeah. about it. I think, like, the tone from Rue was very much like, like, seemed like she'd had enough of Vixen. It was the scene when Rue was like, during Vixen's performance, I had time to look at the, the dancers' asses. Yeah, yes, yeah, like, oh, shame. And then, like, Billy Eichner's like, I had a whole grinder hookup before this. <laughs> and it was like... It's like, oh my god. It's it's nasty. It's not like um, the usual critiques, you know, where it's constructive. (laughs) They were very dismissive. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, like, I think Carson was like, can we critique the dancers now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Silence. (laughs) It was just like, I thought that was like one of the funniest judging moments because usually those are like nothing it's just like oh i thought it was kind of okay or not it was great like it's never really funny but that was so funny yeah well done judges and so we get cameron winning a challenge and the bottom two being the vixen and asia performing groove is in the heart are you familiar with the song i'm familiar with the song i didn't love seeing it as a lipstick challenge I love the song. I was so happy to see it. Yeah? Yeah. It's different. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is good to have, like, different styles of music and that on the show. I just wonder, like, you know, like, what? Uh, I guess it's challenging for them, you know, to pull something out. Like, I wasn't overly impressed. Like, I think Asia did just enough to send Vixen home. Like, I think Vixen was going to go anyway. Like, Asia didn't have to do much because Vixen's there for the third time. And Rue doesn't want to send Asia home. But even still, I was like, ah, yeah, it was just a nice lip sync. There wasn't anything that I was, you know, I wouldn't be showing other people that lip sync performance because for me, there wasn't that much to it. I thought it was the best duo of the season. (laughs) Because nobody messed it up? Well, because, I mean, I'm trying to think back. Like, what, we had Vanessa flopping in the first one. (laughs) You know, we had mayhem kind of doing her weird thing in that lip sync you know yeah we had blair st Clair not really doing much in hers like i feel like both of them really did a good job in terms of like doing something memorable and like not 
Like, I thought they it was the best duo. Maybe not, like, the most wow lip sync, but I was yep. like, they're doing both pretty well. Like, I, if we're not looking yeah. at the kind of track record of the show, I'd be like, I think either of them could stay. Yeah, and that's that's probably what I mean by it. Like, like neither of them particularly stood out. And for that, I was like, ooh, Asia, like, you know, she just needs to not mess it up to win this one. Because they're both pretty much giving us the same performance. I think I kind of like those lip syncs more. I don't know. I'd rather watch that than Monique Hart stumbling around the stage. (laughs) Doing her half cartwheels and whatnot. Uh, But sometimes it is entertaining to see someone be an absolute hot mess in a lip sync challenge. Or the first one where I felt like both of them was just like, geez, who's going to, like, I don't know destroy this one more so we lose the vixen and i'm surprised the vixen and kyle's not here to relish in the moment or not kyle brian (laughs) i know who i'm talking to (laughs) yeah that's fine he he needed a breather i guess so uh yeah next week he'll be happy to talk about an episode that doesn't feature the vixen yeah he was he's cheering as soon as he's watching this episode yeah Defo. Um, and so just quickly looking at where we all rank, rated, rate, predicted the Vixen to go. Oh, I don't think I get a point here. I have it right down the bottom. So you said the Vixen would be 13th. Yeah. Colin said the Vixen would be 13th. Okay. I said the Vixen would be 13th. Wow. So none of us are going to get the point this week. <laughs> Because Brian said the Vixen would be 10th, and therefore, Brian gets the point on the Vixen. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be so pleased. (laughs) So our total is you with 5, Brian with 4, Colin with 3, and myself with only 2. You only have 2? Oh my goodness. That's right, there's still time, Rossi. Yeah, just to quickly look at kind of the final 6, you still have... Five out of the six in your top six. Yeah. Brian only has three out of the six in his top six. Mm-hmm. Colin only has two. Yep. And I have five. Or no, four. Sorry, four okay. out of six in the top yep. six. So, so it's yeah, looking well, like you, you just and I... need to land some directly on their exact boot order. Yeah. And you could do it. I think I'm going to lose, but we'll see. <laughs> I think it's that's between the, you and Brian. But Your, your winner pick's still in it, though, so that's got to count for someone. Yes. You and I both have our winner picks. Yeah. Although yours is more likely at this point. Yeah, I mean, Asia's on a bit of a downward trajectory at the moment, going from, like, third last to second last. So she needs to turn it around. Um, whereas Medea, feel, I feel, has already done the turnaround and is sort of, you know, back-sitting, like, close to the top, but she still hasn't been number one. She's been close. Last week was a good week for her. This was a good week for her. So close. Yeah. So close. Quickly, I want to rank the episode before we move on, because I have another thing I want to chat about. So do you want to buy, rent, or bin? Uh, I will... Rent it. So, 
I was going to come in here ready to bin this episode. Yeah. But I'm going to buy it purely oh, wow. for the fact that Cameron Michaels won a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> just because I'm loving Cameron right now, so I'm going to definitely rent buy it just because I love that yeah. outcome. And I think, you know, the Vixen leaving on a positive note was also like a bonus for me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I thought that that's why I'm going to leave it at a buy. Even though I've probably been this challenge because I hated it so much and I had no idea what I was right. watching. But Cameron won, so I'm happy. I guess for the season, it's a good turnaround episode. Um, and like, I felt like we kind of like brushed over Cameron winning and I thought maybe maybe didn't care that much. Um, but I like I am loving Cameron. I was so happy for Cameron to win this challenge. I have Yas Cameron with an exclamation marks and then love hearts after it on my page. <laughs> I no, I'm a I've been a huge Cameron fan. I've been waiting for the moment to like like for the moment like this moment that all season I've been waiting for it. Just cuz Cameron's kind of been the up in the top so many times but not one as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that we feel the same way with Cameron. I guess like it must be I thought everyone else was against Cameron, but I think maybe Brian is just not entertained by Cameron and that's probably where that perception came from. Yeah. Yeah, Team Cameron. So, which is a perfect segue, because I wanted to talk about, like, where we are in terms of competition and who's been doing what and not doing well. Mm-hmm. So far, Aquaria and Eureka both have two wins each. Yep. Asia O'Hara and Cameron have one win each. Mm-hmm. And the two people who have yet to win a challenge are Ms. Cracker and Monet Exchange. Two of the big well, I... front runners who probably would yeah. have, like, dominated. It's it's pretty crazy, right? Like, at the start of the season, you would have expected that they would be two of the standouts. That they would be the ones collecting wins. Well, I mean, Monet has racked up quite a few mini-challenge wins. Monet won the very first one, and then, you yeah. know, won that team challenge. Yeah. So if we're counting those into it, because the season's about all reading challenges this season, or um, mini-challenges this season... I feel like with who we've got left, everyone is still in it. Like, it all depends on these next few challenges, but I think everyone's in with a chance with the top six, which is awesome. Who do you think is... Who who, who could we say is the front runners? Like, who do you think... Who has the biggest chance of winning at this point? Whose, like, stocks would you want to invest in? I mean, I've like I've obviously had a vibe from Asia the whole time, and I feel like Rue is definitely Team Asia. I think Rue is also Team Eureka, so I would put those two as most likely to win the whole thing. Do you think uh, Rue would give it to someone who's Eureka who's come back? Yeah. Yeah, I think Rue likes the storyline, you know? I don't know, I do worry for Eureka and Asia. I do. I, I just am hesitant to think that Rue would crown Eureka after getting a second chance in a non-All-Star setting. Yeah. Although, I mean, has been like the Shandler best. Like, Shangela got close, like, when Shangela yeah. came back in, uh, like, season three. Like, she got very close to the end, but then, you know... 
ultimately didn't win. So maybe, like, I, I would expect Eureka to be there in the finale. Um, and probably same with Asia. But, yeah, I just don't know, like, of the others, like, who who steps it up above the others. I mean, like, maybe Aquaria. Like, well, she's done some amazing mm-hmm. things. I mean, if we look at it, um, you know, Asia's... The reason I worry for Asia is because she's on the down right now. Having been yeah, just in the yeah, bottom, exactly. being saved, and then getting to having to lip sync this week. Doesn't yeah, look good. Some of, some of her edit as well isn't as favorable towards her. You know, like when she doesn't do well, her attitude shifts and she very much puts the blame elsewhere. <laughs> like she doesn't take much responsibility for her own failures, it seems, which isn't a very positive look for someone who may win the season. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like I think with RuPaul's Drag Race, like you know, it's different to Survivor. Where on Survivor, we often see like the winner. Their edit doesn't usually show them having any negative qualities or making any mistakes. With RuPaul, like we tend to see a bit more of like 3D characters, and someone can you know, have maybe some, like, not-so-positive attributes to their personality, but they could still be the winner at the end. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, obviously this all depends on how they're shaping the final challenge to go. Are we doing it the same way we did in Season 9 with the Final Four lip-syncing of the finale? Or is it going to be a standard way? Are we? It's kind of all up in the air in terms of who's going to be at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually at the end we have those challenges where it is like a uh, like a big like choreography and lip syncing performance, which will ultimately decide who wins overall. So that's definitely something to consider with like who we've got less left, who's going to be the better uh, performer when it comes down to that last performance. And we don't even know. I mean, there are. Three people who still haven't even lip synced at this point, you know, with Miss Cracker, mm-hmm. Cameron, and Aquaria not having been in the bottom two yet. Yep. So we don't even know what Very their true. potential is for, you know, the finale. But then again, you know, we didn't see that with Sasha, and then Sasha kind of turned the everyone's opinion at the last minute. Yeah, totally. So it could really go anyway. I'm, I'm definitely, yeah. you know, buying into you know Cameron at this point with the rise of performance. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I'm ready for her to, you know, to pull out everything she's got right at the right time. And it's interesting to see because we're going to have an acting challenge next week, so who knows where that's going to go. I think Ms. Cracker can easily probably do well or win. Mm, mm. So it's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah I really don't know at this point. Like, I could not predict the boot order for these six. I could see... Based solely on nothing at all. Based solely on just right now thinking about it. I could see a bottom two next week of maybe Monet and Asia. Or Monet and Aquaria. Just because Monet's not been the acting prodigy out of the group. I, I reckon it could be up for an upset as well. Like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be too surprised if it's Miss Cracker to go. And it's not with any, like, doubt in her talent. I just think her track record on the season 
it just doesn't seem to be landing. I I feel like she's just not quite delivering uh, to stand out amongst everybody else. And it's at the point in the game where if you're not in the top, you're in the bottom. Yeah, we li- yeah we're literally at that point because it's the top top six. There's only top three and bottom three at this point. Yeah. So that's it. So I feel like yeah, like if Miss Cranker doesn't deliver, it could easily be her that goes. We'll see. We will see. It's mm-hmm. we we're almost there, but we have so much left to figure out and learn. Still a lot of game to be played, a lot of competitions to be won, lip syncs to be had. Hopefully they know the words. Yes. And many more reinventions of share in the future to look forward to. Yes, maybe hopefully not another share challenge. <laughs> but we will see. No. No, hopefully not. Hopefully that's not the big finale. Ugh, please no. In the in the twist this season, you'll be competing against Cher. <laughs> when she's the winner of season 10 of RuPaul's oh Drag Race. I'll stop, I'll stop watching. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, speaking of Cher, in 2003, she appeared at number 41 on VH1's list of the 200 greatest pop culture icons. Forty-one. Wow, that's top fifty. <laughs> it's it's a good I achievement. See, I want to see who's number one. I'm going to stall this out to figure out who's number one on that list. Who do you think is number one? Pop icon of all time. I don't know. Is it Michael Jackson? No, but he is in the top ten. Is it Madonna? No, but she's also in the top ten. Okay. <laughs> you're getting closer. Come on, you're going up. Oh no, I'm getting closer. Uh, no. It's I'll a probably woman. end up going because like too obscure. It's a woman. A woman that's been referenced this season. Okay. It's a fun quiz. Not literally, but they've, <laughs> yeah. they've been referenced. Uh, no, just tell me. According to this list, Oprah Winfrey is the greatest pop culture icon. Oh, right. Okay, I was thinking pop music. Not pop culture. It's pop culture. Right. Okay. Sure. And rounding out at number 200 is The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is a weird list. Okay. What? Everyone from Oprah to The Rock. <laughs> what is this list? Uh, we can look forward to the pop icon oh. top 200 in all of history uh, next time is... on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, not to derail the show. Um, no one's done Oprah for Snatch Game before, have they? No, I'm surprised. Yeah, considering. Yeah, <laughs> considering everyone references her. All right, let's get out of here. Um, do I have a quote? Probably not, but I'm going to make one up on the fly, as always. Anyway, please enjoy this episode and stick tuned to other things coming on the Oz Network. I don't know what we've got, but we've got something. So listen. And listen to Two Boys Talk Survivor. Talk about Survivor. Yes. Yes. Uh, where our next episode will be heavily featuring a vocoder. <laughs> Cher's <laughs> coming on your show? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> we'll have Cher on the show. Good. I'm, wait, I'm waiting that episode. When two boys talk Survivor with Cher. <laughs> God. That would be a good one. I'd tune in. Yeah. 
But anyway, I'm Rossi, and I have other things to worry about, like cholesterol. <laughs> and I'm Kyle, and I'm a grower, not a shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did not need to know. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.